game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Gets gloved down by Pellet. Can't get it by McDavid. He'll come down the right wing. In over the line. He'll drop it. The shot saved made by Sorokin off of Hyman. Along that right side, CC out to McLeod towards the goal. Save Sorokin, rebound. CC puts it on net, and Sorokin keeps it out and covers it up. As Cody CC with an opportunity right on the doorstep. New York Islanders goaltender Ilya Sorokin, the story tonight. He makes 49 saves as the Islanders blank the Edmonton Oilers three nothing. That montage there, the saves of the game by Sorokin for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit Crystal Glass. .ca. So the Oilers lose again. They've lost seven of their last ten, and their record for the season drops to 10-10. and 10. The Islanders, meanwhile, are 13-8. and eight. The final shot's 49-31 in favor of the Oilers. It's the most shots on goal the Edmonton Oilers have ever had. While being shut out, they had 46 against Nashville about five years ago. And uh, they just could not break through tonight. The Islanders did all the goal scoring in the second period. Peugeot had two shorthanded and a power play goal. And then defenseman Sebastian Ajo got another one. Jack Campbell coming off that broken nose played for uh, Edmonton tonight. So he stopped 28 out of 31. Thanks a lot for joining us along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob... First of all, I, I think there are a lot of things to discuss tonight. Um, I, I don't think this is solely a goaltending victory for the Islanders, but I, I think we got to recognize <laughs> it's a big part of it because you got 49 shots, and maybe some of those were in a situation where your odds of winning, um, you know, weren't great, but some of them uh, were at a time in the game when, you know, maybe you still could have made a game out of it after falling behind 2 nothing in the second period. But Sorokin just was completely locked in tonight. He was, and you know how locked in he was by looking at the Oilers' bench and looking at the Oilers leaving the ice. The frustration on Leon's face, on Connor's face, Hyman, who had 11 shots in the game. It wasn't a lot of perimeter shots that he saved. There was a lot of in-close second shots, power play shots. The Oilers had some great A-scoring chances, a number of them. Most of them when they were trailing in the hockey game, so it makes it a little bit harder, but they, they played well enough in their minds, I would think, to garner at least a point out of this hockey game. But the goaltending by Sorokin was, he's good. Like, and what was made him even more special in this game, he never looked like anything was overly hard. It wasn't like he was diving, sprawling. He was always in control. He, he had great rebound control. When, when he had a shot, he had to push a rebound past the first player coming in. He'd get it past the Oilers, so there wasn't that second chance. So it was an excellent goaltending display by, by the, the Russian on the Islanders and uh, one that I'm sure the Oilers will be shaking their head tonight as they lay down and think of the, the ones that got away. 
Yeah, you mentioned Hyman with 11 shots. He's the fourth star tonight for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. Obviously, Sorokin, the first star. Peugeot, the second star. Ajo, the third star. So only two Oilers skaters didn't have a shot tonight, Yanmark and Holloway. So Hyman with 11, McLeod with five, Dreisaitl with five. Uh, a bunch of other guys had two or three. A couple guys had just one. But, yeah, the Oilers uh, firing away and, and keeping the pressure on. And you're right, you could you could feel the frustration coming mm -hmm. off the TV screen with, uh, you know, like you said, a couple of the Oilers' big names and really probably all their players. I mean, I, I, that, I think there was only a couple of minutes, le might have been less than two minutes left, but I, I thought CeCe was scoring there for sure. <laughs> two chances, but, but Sorokin just stopped everything. Let's go uh, back to Long Island. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Impact he had, or what you might have liked to have seen differently from well, your team. I, I thought uh, both goaltenders gave their teams chances to win tonight. Um, their guy had a night; he had 49 saves. Um, you know, uh, he made some made some good ones. He made some A grade ones and some B grade ones, and uh, we didn't find a way to crack them tonight. Jay, did you see some more of those self-inflicted errors that you saw the other night in, in this game? Well, I think you know the way what this game came down to is we were unable to solve their goaltenders 49 pouring 49 shots on someone is a uh, you know that's what we set out to do every 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 game uh, we didn't find a way to crack him uh, and then some of the ones that uh, went in uh, going the other way we felt those were uh, controllable situations where we made a couple of mistakes and you know you know one uh, guy gets inside us on a back check we had numbers there on the on the shorthanded goal against and the other one we put into our own net um, and then the third one uh, it was kind of late at the second period there we had uh, enough people back we didn't sort it out right and ended up in the back of our net seems this, like this is becoming maybe, maybe a bit of a theme like how do you maybe change the course what, of what's that, that? Yeah, like, what's, like, the, what's the theme you're talking well, about just like these these kind of mistakes that are leading to goals that you're you, you kind of talking yeah, about the last game you know what I think hockey is a game of mistakes and um, you know it, what we try and set out to do is to make fewer than the opposition and capitalize when they they make mistakes they made plenty of mistakes tonight that we were unable to capitalize on uh, it seems today uh, that in today's game it was it was a tight checking affair we, you know, we didn't give up a lot uh, but when we did give up something um, it was a big error that ended up in the back for net those are to his point those are veteran guys like that's Nugent Hopkins that's Barry that's dry side those are guys that are supposed to have the D zone coverage figured out here and we're getting deep into the season and there's the mistakes keep coming like that's got to be concerning for a coach well I think um, you know I go to the positives of that game I think we did a lot of uh, things that we wanted to do we weren't able to crack a goaltender the mistakes that we did make are able we can clean those up um, you know for for us uh, I think sometimes results lag uh, I think we're we're working uh, to building a game, finding out who this this year's version of the Oilers is. And uh, while we've done some good things, we haven't done um, enough good things for long enough to put something together here the way we would like to. Um, and I think sometimes uh, 
when you're figuring that stuff out, you know, the, those chances sometimes end up in the back of your net. No one's happy about it. We're working to correct it. And uh, in the end, if we can do a better job of um, handling those situations, then we'll come out on the right side of the result. Big picture, it's American Thanksgiving. You're 10 and 10. You're just on the edge of the playoffs. I think when you took over last year, it was a lot later and you were a lot farther behind. Yeah. Uh, that would be the good news. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on the first, you know, 20 game segment here overall? Well, I, I think we've, you know, we're a quarter of the way through. I think we've had good moments and I think we've had uh, moments where we feel we can do better at. And to me, that is uneven. It is um, not at the level of consistency that we want. We're working um, you know I see a team out there poor 49 shots they uh, no one folded their tent nobody uh, was an independent contractor tonight we have people that are sticking together and working together we're not where we want to be but we're not far off of where we want to be either and that's uh, that's an important thing to realize that this group is a tight-knit group we know how to win uh, we've got to clean up a few areas but uh, we're working to do that some of the players didn't thought that oh, you know from the first 10 game segment to this one that the quality of play hadn't changed too much do, do you feel that as well or do you feel like it has? Yeah, I just think we've been uneven um, you know, we've had good moments and we've we've beaten some good teams in some hard buildings um, but there's areas that we can improve and that's what we're endeavoring to do so if people look at a team that's 500 at the 20 game mark they say it, it's a 500 team what do you see that, that leads you to believe you're gonna you're gonna get it turned the other way and by 30 or 40 games you're not gonna be a 500 team anymore well we are a 500 team. Yeah, we, we are what our record uh, says we are. I think for us, well, the way we uh, focus on getting to where we want to get to is by focusing on your daily process and and your own game. We play lots of good teams here. Every, every team we've played, it seems like it's been, uh, you know, it's a, it's a war to the last minute. And um, for us, we worry about ourselves. We worry about building upon good plays within games, stacking good plays on top of good plays, then results usually follow. And, and for us, it's about that mindset and that level of focus. That level of focus on a daily basis and our ability to clean up some of our problem areas, I think that's what, you know, when we'll start to see the results that we want to see on a consistent basis, not just an intermittent basis. Even though the result wasn't what he would want and what you would want, do you think this is something that Jack can build upon yeah I do I saw Jack Campbell um, put a, a solid week of practice in I saw him the other day in a game take a puck to the face and I saw Jack Campbell um, burn to be in the net tonight so he wasn't gonna let that that deter him from from getting the start I thought he gave us a chance to win tonight and thought he made some good saves when called upon um, you know I, I'm impressed with Jack Campbell and that level of uh, stick to and uh, refusing to let a puck to the, the nose uh, take a start away from him. Good, thanks. All right, Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 3-0 loss to the New York Islanders, second time this season the Oilers are shut out. The NHL official score sheet has been updated to 50 shots. So we, we've seen this before, Rob, after a period or sometimes after a game, they might double check or, or give an extra shot or two or, or take a couple away. Either way, it's 49 or 50. It's a lot. Did they give it to Hyman? Uh, did no, they give him his 12? He's, he's still at 11. Oh, okay. I, I didn't pick up who the, which player they gave <laughs> it to. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I mean, uh, a lot of comments there from Woodcroft. I, I think, first of all, the, to me, this game changed. And I, and I do think, to be fair, uh, the Oilers probably were cleaner tonight than they have been in other games. Yep, I agree. Um, now, maybe some of that was the score effects in the third period. The Islanders, the Islanders didn't didn't push, but uh, I mean, the Islanders were probably won't be overly happy with their third period because they kept taking penalties and didn't have the puck a lot. But it, it changed for me in those two minutes and six seconds in the second period because the Oilers go on the power play in mm -hmm. a scoreless game, and Peugeot scores shorthanded, and then the Oilers resume the power play, and Barry takes a penalty to prevent a breakaway. No scoring four on four, and then the Islanders, the uh, Islanders score on their abbreviated power play. So you, you go from thinking, okay, maybe you're going to score the first goal of the game, and in in less than two and a half minutes, now you're down two nothing, not yeah, just one nothing. I agree 100%. Uh, and uh, we're sitting here watching, and we're thinking the same thing. I'm thinking the Oilers are going on the power play. Uh, they probably escaped the first 10 minutes of the game where they weren't didn't get off to a great start and they got a, they got a kill in there so they're thinking pretty good about themselves they finally get their power play in the middle period and it's like all right Oilers got the game good road game it's tied we get our power play power plays good we're gonna score and then they give and not only was it the shorthanded goal it was how it was scored because it was two on three yep so the Oilers had players back and Tyson Barry didn't get his stick in the passing lane. Connor McDavid, who had Peugeot, leaves him and turns away from the net. So all of a sudden, Peugeot, who should have two guys on him, is able to skate, put his stick on the puck, and redirect it. And that shouldn't happen. So that's where you're like, okay, it's a two-on-three. Two You've got your players back, and they neither of the two players in front of the net get into a good defensive position. And then the a little bad luck a little bit after that with still on the power play Tyson Berry takes the one-timer and it's going it's like right in front of the net where it gets blocked and now it comes out and the other two other high men aren't high and Tyson Berry's standing by himself puck gets through him and I know that Connor McDavid if we can see the Connor McDavid's probably going to catch the guy but Tyson doesn't see that right. he says we're on a power play I'm about to give up a breakaway I'm going to take a penalty here and go four and four and then the Oilers on the penalty kill, which has plagued them throughout the season. Evan Bouchard, probably not great positioning. And the puck goes across, off is sticking in the net. And all of a sudden, as you say, a game that seems, you know, competitive, an opportunity to take a lead in, and all of a sudden you're sitting on the bench, you're down 2 nothing, And you're like, okay, how did that just switch? And it is a momentum killer. And it, and it affected the Oilers, and now they're chasing again. Yeah, and I, and I think we, we, we talked last game about the mistakes, and there are always mistakes in hockey games. I mean, it's, yep. it's a game of mistakes. The puck's bouncing all over the place. It's fast. There's, there's pressure, all that kind of stuff. But for the Oilers, the problem has been, in some games, the quantity of mistakes, or in some games, the, the magnitude of mm -hmm. the mistakes. And probably not quantity, not a, an issue tonight, but magnitude. And I think you hit on it. it it's a two-on-three shorthanded. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I know you also make the point that sometimes, hey, if you get the puck shorthanded, attack. Because yes. usually it's the five best offensive players from the other team off the ice, and they're not thinking about defending. I think maybe they took advantage of the orders in that situation. But th to me, the mindset should be like, okay, just clean this up. It's two on three. Just clean it up. Just back check. If we lose five extra seconds because we got to play defense shorthanded, 
whatever. We'll mm -hmm. still have a minute 20 on the power play or whatever it would have been. And instead, as you said, a couple guys aren't thorough enough in their defensive duties and it winds up in the net. Well, yeah, it, it, when you watch the replay, Tyson Berry, his stick is waist high of Peugeot. So there's nothing, there's no stick in the passing lane, and there's no stick on stick on Peugeot. And Connor McDavid, who at the hash marks has his stick across the waist to Peugeot, as he gets closer to the net, he releases him and he's turning away from the net. So all of a sudden, Peugeot, Peugeot, who's got two guys there, neither one have him. And Peugeot just puts his stick, redirects the puck, and Campbell has no chance. So that was just. Uh, a brain cramp by a couple of veteran players and really not probably when the puck's coming in to the offensive zone there for the Islanders it's not a great a scoring chance when you're thinking of it. it's it's two against three but because and, and also on that play no one the the player who passed the puck I believe it was Parise, Parise yep. has all the time in the world to make the pass he again probably should have been pressured quicker because you got numbers. Pressure him, force him to make the play before he wants to. So three skilled players from the Oilers, three of their best players, give up that shorthanded goal, and all of a sudden there's a huge lift on the bench of the New York Islanders and a deflate for the Edmonton Oilers. And again, which we've seen too often this year, the Edmonton Oilers now are in chase mode, and that normally doesn't end well for the team chasing. All right, so 3 nothing, the Islanders win it. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline for Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. I also want to congratulate Michael tonight. He took the under and set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. I set the line at five and a half. Hits by Cal Clutterbuck. He gets five. It's under, so Michael gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Back with your calls and more post-game reaction from the Oilers. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. That goes off a stick to the left wing corner. Anders Lee, oh, he gets hit hard by Dreisaitl. And Dreisaitl is getting ambushed in the corner. That's our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Dreisaitl would actually be penalized on that play for the hit on Anders Lee about three and a half minutes into the game. The Oilers killed it off. It was scoreless after the first period. Islanders get three in the second, scoreless in the third. Islanders take it 3 nothing. even though the Oilers with a 50-31 to 31 advantage in shots on goal. Ilya Sorokin with an outstanding performance in net for the New York Islanders. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with uh, Heartland Ford overtime open line. Uh, to Rob, what, what's the... I mean, we saw the frustration, mm -hmm. obviously, and uh, I mean, I don't think you can blame the Oilers for being frustrated, I, but I thought Woodcroft, I mean, he, he, I thought he coached the last six minutes of the game like it was 1-1 one, one, or down 2-1 and he needed a goal to win. I mean, he kept putting the big guys... I mean, it would have been easy in that game just to say, okay, you know, Derek Ryan and Brad Malone, you're going to play every second shift for the rest of the game. He kept putting the big guys out there. Well, and normally he does. Uh, we've seen many a game where the others are either up a few or down a few late when the game is out of hand where he will, you know, Connor and Leon will sit for the last four or five minutes and conserve a little energy. But I think on this one, uh, he, he wanted a little bit of... Uh, offensive juice going forward. He wanted some to be able to feel good about uh, some of the things that they put into tonight's game. So he's hoping that someone could find 
the back of the net and they could take that into the next game against the Rangers. Uh, the only one thing I might have done is I would have pulled my goaltender when they were on one of the, at least one of the power plays, if not two of the power plays. You got plays. a power play with uh, 6.06 left. I would have pulled my goalie, go six on four. You got nothing to lose. You're down three, you need to score three goals, so you don't want to waste that golden opportunity. So I would have pulled my goaltender uh, just to give yourself a, a breath of a chance. But no, uh, Woodcroft, he realized it's a team that was frustrated. Yeah, you could see it on their faces. And I've been in games like that where you get grade A scoring chance after grade A scoring chance and can't find the back of the net. And these players are used to finding the back of the net with lesser chances. So it was a great goaltending effort and some frustration in the part of the Oilers. So I could see Jay Woodcroft saying, all right, we're going to keep riding these guys. We've got a couple days off. Uh, don't have to save them. Let's see if we can find something that we can take out of this game going into New York. Shots per period in the first period, 12-9 for the Islanders, 17-11. Oilers in the second period, 23-8. Oilers in the third. All right, we'll go to Kim on the Certainty Hotline. Kim, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Rob and Reed. How are you guys? Good. Hey, Rob um, and Reed. I was just, uh, I'm concerned because I'm kind of seeing right now the team is playing kind of like the same way we played when we were in that losing streak last year before Tippett got fired and stuff like that. And I don't know, maybe I'm just a little worried. And, and uh, but are you guys seeing anything? Uh, like so, some of it, of? yes. Some some of the defensive play, yes. Some of the defensive play, but last year before he got fired, I also saw the team look defeated at times. And I don't see that. Uh, I didn't see when when just before Tippett got fired, they weren't f getting 50 shots in a game. Like their games were over and you could tell that they were over. So uh, the one concern that I see is that some of the mistakes that are being made are the same mistakes that they made in game one and game two. Yeah. So I think that's the concern that that we have, although uh, the, the I thought the effort was in tonight's game. I think there was games where the effort lacked last well, year. Well, I think this sometimes they look I know you like this word. They just almost looked a little befuddled yeah, yeah. last year. And then they had that stretch. Like, remember that homestand? They lost five out of six. Mm -hmm. And I, they fell behind at least. They might have fallen behind two, two goals, yeah. And that, and that was the thing uh, that was bad last year. Like, the one nothing deficit was getting to the point where it felt like huge. Yes. Um, there's been a couple games this year that have felt like that because they do get scored on first a lot. Like, what are they at now? Uh, the Oilers are three and nine when allowing the first goal, seven and one when scoring first. So, so twelve times. So twelve been. out of twenty, they've allowed the first goal. So it needs that needs to be a little bit better. Yeah, I think some of the is some of the some of the defending. I think some of the back pressure, back checking. We talked about that before the game needs to improve. Mm -hmm. um, I, I almost feel like they turned the puck more over this year though than they did last year when they had that bad stretch. You, you know what's funny in the last couple games their best players have had trouble with the puck uh connor against vegas and he talked about it he said that was he was awful and, and he turned the puck over a number of times in new jersey and then again today there was uh two or three times where he, he fumbled the puck coming in on a power play entry and had to actually go outside the blue line again leon a number of times today he tried making passes that were normally, he's probably at a 98% success rate, and tonight it wasn't there. So some of the Oilers' best players have uh, had a little poor puck luck when the puck's been on their stick. But to me, there's a, 
I think the loss, it was funny, when Duncan Keith got traded here, a lot of people were not happy. I think the loss of Duncan Keith, though, has affected the Oilers. I think he is just, he's a veteran that's been around. He plays with edge. And I think the one thing the Oilers don't play with is edge in their own zone. Duncan Keith was not a big man, but he was dirty. And when you have someone on your team that plays that way, everyone else is just a little bit bigger. And they start to see it and they play that way too. So I think that's the one thing that you don't see with the Oilers in the back end is just that nastiness, that you, if you're going to come in the blue paint, you're going to pay a price. That's a great example on the Pajogo. Now, again, he's out against skilled players, but he went right through the blue crease and deflected a puck in. Yep. So those are the things that the Oilers need to be better at as they go forward. All right. Uh, Oilers lose 3 nothing. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. We have not seen the... Japanese Village goal light since November 1st. That was the Oilers' 10th game of the season, so we've gone 10 games without it. We have Frank on the Certainty Hotline. Frank, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, well, I've had one hell of a day. Uh, first, I watched uh, Team Canada outshoot Belgium, and they couldn't finish. And tonight, I watched the Oilers, 50 shots almost, and they couldn't finish. I've heard the term that an athlete, especially at that level, has to learn to, to flush that. So I guess my question goes to Rob, who's been a professional athlete. Can you really flush all of these bad things that are happening because you can't finish? Or does it play in your head or in your mind over and over, and that's why you keep repeating the can't finish. I certainly hope Team Canada can uh, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm with you on that Team Canada game. I watched that today, and I lived and died by every time that po that ball didn't go in the, the net as well. Uh, so I'll be up Sunday morning watching their next game, cheering them on. But, um, yeah, flushing it for the majority of the players isn't going to be hard because it's going to be the guys that had the greatest chances tonight were the Leons and the Connors and the Hymans and Nugent Hopkins. They've scored before. They know the puck's going to go in uh, time and time again for them. So it'll be easy for them to flush it. Um, so it, that's to me, that's not a problem. This, the fact that the Oilers got shut out today, it, it won't affect the Oilers because this is a team that can score. Where they're going to have to clean up is things defensively going forward because then the nights where the puck doesn't bounce in for you, you got to be able to win a game one one nothing, or you got to get it into extra time. So I'm flushing it won't be a problem for the star players offensively because uh, there this is a team that has the ability to throw up seven against the Rangers, but they also have the ability some nights to give up eight mm -hmm. on the back end because defensively is where they seem to have their biggest issues. Yeah, well, and I wonder, too, uh, and we'll, we'll have to talk more about this after the news here, but, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's a hockey-mad market. Mm -hmm. The Oilers are the, the number one team. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're the number one, you know, story, even with, even with what's happening in the news, like most Canadian cities with their hockey team. So, you know, is, is, if the pressure bounced well, you know, you're not quite in a playoff spot. Well, you know, you're you're doing okay, but you're, like if that carries on into February and March with the expect, like if this, if, yes. if this was the 13-14 team that had like five good players on it, you'd be thrilled with 10 and 10. Yes. I mean, this isn't. So, you know, that's what I, that's what I wonder if, if that is going to affect, because I, I think it does. I mean, we hear from, you know, I talk about it. It's like, okay, well, 
we think they're better, but they, they're not quite proving it yet. But we'll talk about that more. More time for your phone calls, more post-game reaction. Oilers lose 3-0 to the Islanders. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Final score tonight, New York Islanders 3, Edmonton Oilers nothing. 50 shots for the Oilers, 5 power plays, cannot beat Ilya Sorokin. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. With all the shots and just the effort that you guys are putting in, it somehow, someway, one, one or maybe more would get past him tonight? I mean, yeah, you're never thinking you're going to get shut out. Um, you know, uh, they played well defensively. He was uh, good in there. Obviously, we threw a lot at him, but uh, he uh, had an answer for everything. Connor, how would you define where this team's at through, you know, hitting the quarter mark of the season? Um... Yeah, I mean, obviously up and down. Um, you know, seven and three in our first ten, and three and seven in our last. Um, you know, it's uh, the, the complete opposite, obviously, of how we started, and um, you know, it's a little bit of a similar situation to last year. And, um, yeah. What do you find has been the biggest change in the group over this last ten game segment? Where, you, as you mentioned, the record's been opposite. Um, you know, I thought we were winning games early in the season, um, but maybe we didn't deserve to win. Um, you know, so um, which is never a bad thing, I guess. But you know, ultimately, it's going to catch up to you. So, um, you know, we continue to have to um, defend, and um, obviously, when the power play gives up one, it's never going to be easy. And you know, we get five, five power plays, we don't score, and, and give up a shorty. It's, uh, it's a recipe for, for uh, uh, losing. Um, so, it seems like the D zone coverage has been an issue. Peugeot walks through a couple guys shorthanded and scores a goal tonight. Tatar's in front of your net the other night, all alone, no one's touching them. There's missed assignments or lack of attention, or what do you see there? Um... Yeah, I, I truthfully, truthfully think that uh, our defending has been better um, of late than, than at the beginning of the year. Obviously, it still has a long way to go. Um, you know, I think that's uh, that's pretty clear. You know, we uh, continue to have to be, um, you know, stingier in our own zone, harder in front of our own net, um, all those types of things. Connor, how does a team press the reset button a quarter way of the season in and obviously looking for different results? I mean, it's obviously the quarter, quarter of the way. You know, we're not sitting here in uh, in April, um, you know, going through something like this. Um, it's been a really weird league, obviously. Um, there's no easy nights. Uh, you know, looking around the league, it's it's tight. It's tight everywhere. And, um, you know, I think that's uh, it's going to continue to be that way. You know, you got to find ways to win games, and um, different teams have gone on losing streaks and then come back and won six and seven in a row. So, you know, the league is uh, a bit of a guessing game this year. So, um, obviously, we got to find ourselves and grab our footing and, um, and get back at it. I look back at the last time you guys were in New York uh, last year. Uh, you guys were going through a little bit of a downstretch, but you guys came out of it and started playing some good hockey. Is there any lessons that you guys kind of learned along that stretch that you guys can maybe apply this time around? Um, I mean, last year was, uh, um, you know, a long stretch. You know, I think it was like six weeks and we won two games. So, you know, um, there's definitely lulls throughout the season. And, you know, last time we were in New York, the sky was falling, um, you know, so obviously this is uh, not new for us here. Um, for, for some reason, we struggle here in New York. And, um, 
obviously need to find a way to get a big one uh, in, uh, in uh, the garden there on Saturday. All right, that's Connor McDavid after the Oilers are shut out 3 nothing by the New York Islanders. And our quick change for Saturday's game will be score a goal, courtesy Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today. Anything you want to comment on there, Rob? No, I mean, he, I thought he was pretty well-spoken. Uh, he saw the frustration in his face throughout the game, especially later in the third period. Uh, and it's it's the one thing that sucks about being a, a leader of a team, having to come out and face the music after games like that and and take the questions and answer them over and over. But I thought he handled it well and admitted, hey, we're not where we want to be. This is, we got to be better. There's things we have to clean up and the only thing you can do, we can't look at, can't say, hey, we, we got to get to 15 and 10. We got to do this or that. Simple, we got to be better next game. That's all you can do. And I would expect he and his teammates will be better in New York. All right, we'll go to the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert is standing by. Go ahead, Sir Robert. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, you know what? I think uh, obviously ten and ten is not great, but I think uh, you know, and there was after uh, uh, like after Kane got hurt, there was there was that immediate reaction. Oh well, you know, we need we need to trade for uh, you know a five million dollar guy to replace him. We already already knew full well that that wasn't feasible, but irregardless in my opinion even if Kane had not gotten hurt and if they were still 10 and 10 Holland would not be rushing to make a move at 10 and 10 saying oh we need this or we need that generally at least in my opinion most GMs in the league don't aren't usually thinking that after you know 20 games so again 10 and 10 not great tonight I thought overall I don't think the team was bad I think Sorokin was just great I mean I mean, there's really not much else to say. I mean, you get 50 shots on a goalie and you don't score. So, yeah, well, yeah, couldn't break through tonight. Thanks, Robert. We appreciate it. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, you know, 10 and 10. You're on pace for, uh, well, an 82-point season. Yeah, and, and you know, it's not going to be in the playoffs. Like there, ha the, there has to be a surge at some point. There does, and I and I agree with what. Uh, Bob said after the game and Jay Woodcroft said that this is probably a deserved record. Oh, sure. I mean, there's sometimes a record, you know, we're actually better than a record. Or there's others, well, there was a couple of years where the U.S. well, early in the season they had great goaltending. Well, they're probably not as good as their record. I think what I've seen from the Oilers this year is they've got an incredible power play and two amazing hockey players that allows them to be in every single game. And if they get a bounce or two or a save or two, they will win. I also see a team that has some deficiencies defensively and at, on certain nights hasn't got the saves that it's needed. And the save percentage shows that with, with, with Jack Campbell. And they have the ability to lose every night. And, it, and it's not, I don't think there's the lesser lights in the NHL anymore where you can say this is a sure thing. For, for example, tonight, Carolina just got shut out by the Arizona Coyotes. So... There's no easy games, and the Oilers are not going to blow anyone out and typically aren't going to get blown out. But they have to have a surge. They have to get better because there's other teams in this league that's a close league that are separating themselves, and Vegas is one of them. And the Oilers would love 
to win this division. They would love to be near the top of the conference. But every time they lose and Vegas wins, that just makes that climb a little bit harder. So they do need a stretch where they go seven of nine mm -hmm. or where they put together a six-game winning streak. But I haven't seen the team play well enough to say that it's coming. I just the, the deficiencies that they have defensively don't really give you the confidence to say, you know what? They are so close to putting together five, six, seven in a row. It just, it's just not there right now. There are things that they need to clean up. Next opponent is the Rangers. They are trailing the Ducks 2-1 in the second period as we go to the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. After the first, Senators and Golden Knights in a 1-1 tie. Second period, Sharks lead Seattle 2-1. Avalanche up 2-1 on the Canucks. Finals from earlier, as Rob mentioned, the Coyotes stun the Hurricanes 4-0. The Devils' winning streak is over. They lose 2-1 to the Maple Leafs. Minnesota ringing up the Jets 6-1. The Panthers hand the Bruins a rare loss 5-2. Penguins beat the Flames 2-1 in a shootout. Malkin got the game-deciding goal, his first home game since he played game number 1,000 uh, a few days ago. Canadians beat the Blue Jackets 3-1. Sabres all over the Blues 6-2. Red Wings shut out the Predators 3-0. Capitals edge the Flyers 3-2 in overtime. Ovechkin got the winner, his 10th goal of the season, and the Stars outscore Chicago 6-4. Oil Kings are trailing Medicine Hat 6-1 with three and a half minutes left in the third. And of, of course, as you already know, the uh, Canadian soccer team loses 1-0 to Belgium at the World Cup. Oilers fall 3-0 on the road against the Islanders. Here is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. To break them down and um, get one, but um, obviously they uh, they found a way to get a, a couple and then uh, build on that and get that third one in the, in the second period for a stretch. And uh, we got to be able to nip that a little bit better, but um, also uh, finding one is uh, is important. Brian, what happened on that first goal? With the, did you and Tyson get crossed up? What what, what happened as the Pajot kind of got the got the pass there and, and ultimately? Uh, I mean, you saw it, right? It's a two-on-one or two-on-two kind of play, and uh, he gets the inside post and uh, puts it in. What's, you know, the story of these 20 games, especially the last 10, how would you kind of maybe define as you hit the quarter mark in the season here for this team? Well, I mean, obviously we got to be better. Um, Last 10, whatever, three and seven or something like that. Uh, obviously, that's not good enough. Uh, we know that we can, we are a playoff team, but we need to start playing like it consistently. And um, I mean, two man, everybody's uh, got to step up and uh, find a way through this. Can okay, you talk about the missed opportunity with the man advantage tonight, having five opportunities but not able to capitalize? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's something that we take a lot of pride in. And, um, they managed to get one on us, on our uh, power play, and then on their power play. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we gotta we got to be better there and uh, find a way to, to capitalize when we get the chance. What's the catalyst to turn this thing around? Like, what, what, what needs to happen for you guys to get this thing going in the right direction? Well, I, I think the, the way that we started the period, or started the game, I mean, obviously, working a lot on that, but we still had some chances. Um, and later in the first period, we started to push and push, and uh, it's it's going to come from work. Um, it's going to be a work base to get ourselves out of this, and we know that. The D zone coverage has been a problem the last several games. There seems to be a goal every night where someone's scoring uncontested in a dangerous place. Tonight, there was a couple of them. 
What's the story back there? What's going uh, on back well, there? I mean, everybody, um, wingers, everybody, um, wingers, centers, D. I mean, do we, see, do we need to be harder? Um, not give them as, uh, as much time. And uh, I thought tonight we were probably a little bit better than we have been in the last few games, but they still found a way to, to get one and, uh, and, uh, and five on five, and we didn't. All right, that's the Nuge. Oilers lose 3 nothing to the Islanders. If you want to give us a buzz, 780-496-0063. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. By the way, the uh, New Jersey Devils had three goals called back in their loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, one of which caused a little bit of a delay because fans started throwing debris on the ice. Yeah, they threw, there was a lot of debris thrown on the ice. At one point, Lindy Ruff is waving at the fans, telling them to stop it. The Maple Leafs actually left the ice and it took a while to clean up. Uh, well, I guess when you, it's the only way they're gonna be able to stop the New Jersey Devils right now, start taking away goals from them as they had three taken away in a one nothing or a one goal loss. So. Uh, it's unfortunate for the New Jersey Devils, but they had a pretty good run going. All right. Yeah, I'm just kind of watching these goals. I'm not sure why they called this one off. Did the whistle go? No, I think he, they called kicking it in. But I thought he tipped off his stick, or did it tip off? Uh... I didn't see. That was one they showed on the big screen here a little while ago, and that's when everyone started throwing things on the ice. So, Toronto Maple Leafs get a big win against a team that no one can beat. Sometimes. Oh yeah, he kicked it. Yeah, yeah, it went in off a leaf. You can't kick it in yeah. off an opponent. He was and he was he was just trying to kick it to his own stick, and he never got to the stick. So yeah, because otherwise, you know, if you could bat a puck out of the air at the net, and if it hit the goalie, oh well, it counts. No, you get it. You can't kick it. Should it. count it like that. Should count. <laughs> was that that was that Andrew Shaw that headed that one in in overtime for the Blackhawks oh, yeah. a few years ago? It was. You're right. I thought that should have counted. Why not? I, well, I agree. What if you drop your stick? Can't you lay down on the ice and push it in with your helmet? I always wondered that one. <laughs> lay down on the ice? Well, no, like see, someone shoots it down in an empty net and it stops just short and you don't have a stick. Can you lay down and just push it across with your head? I think you should be able to. <laughs> That's funny. All right, 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 3 nothing to the New York Islanders. So... You know, again, we're we're talking a lot about the same old, same old things with the with the Oilers. Do you feel like how much is is correctable? Because look, I, I know some people. Well, you got to make a trade, and I'm, you know, GMs are always talking. Yep. Um, we also know Ken Holland is quite patient. So, on a, on a, just in turn, let's let's take the management out of it for a second. How much is actually correctable or how much is actually players in a funk or in a slump or whatever you want to call it well there, there are and, and how much is maybe that player can't play any better well so there there are things that are correctable um for example on the peugeot goal to shorthanded that's videotape here here's where we went wrong let's not do it again and, and the players that it happened to pretty good hockey players that understand how to play the game they know where they made the mistakes, they can fix that. The fact that the Oilers are not a tough team defensively, not a team that's physical, doesn't, not hard to play against, you can work harder, be a little more difficult to play against, but the Oilers back end isn't built 
to be, they don't have a, a Manson on their back end. They don't have a Tanev on their back end. This is a team that is more skilled in the back end than it is physical. So that is not something that they're going to be able to correct. Um, and then there's the starts and the give, taking the first penalty. Those are things that should be correctable. Yet here we are season after season talking about it. So I, I, I do believe that the Oilers have the ability to be a better team than they have been shown. I think that what we saw in the playoffs, now again, those players took it up a, no a notch, mm. and I don't think you can play that way for 82 games. I just don't think it's physically possible. Uh, but I do the believe the Oilers can be a better desperate team in their own zone. I think they lack desperation at times when they are defending. And I think that's something that needs to be corrected and can be. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And. You know, again, I mean, tonight, you, and you broke it down. Clearly a big mistake on the shorthanded goal against. But, you know, probably, as we were watching some highlights here, and, and the Islanders were uh, obviously rather loose themselves yep. to give up that many shots against. But you, you couldn't you couldn't score tonight. The goalie was good. You had, a, you had a couple close calls. So, yeah, did they deserve a better fate tonight? Okay, maybe. But still, there were some issues, and, and there have been some issues here along the way it, it's going to be you know the, I, I think it's going to be tense though I mean you, you play the Rangers who are good you're mm -hmm. home for you're home for a game and then you go out for two more so it's kind of like a, you know it's like a long road trip because you're only home for that that one game so it's and when they do play the teams much lower down in the standings like now it's going to be even bigger to yeah. jump on those clubs well it is and those teams that are down further in the lineup haven't been as bad as everyone had thought. One of the teams everyone thought was going to be was going to be Seattle, and they're actually in a playoff spot. Yeah, uh, Arizona has like, won. An Anaheim's not good. I mean, San Jose's only three points behind the Oilers now. Yeah, so it's it's not as the, the teams that everyone thought were going to be easy games. I mean, the Oilers are what five points ahead of most of them at best. So uh, this is uh, no, it is clustered. To be fair, I mean Vegas. And there's about four or five teams. Vegas and Boston and New Jersey have broken away. Yes. Uh, you know, so other than that, sure, if, if the Oilers could win three in a row, it, it could change their fortunes. But like you've said, I know they won five in a row earlier, but they don't they don't look like they can do that. No, right now. They're, they're a team right now that looks at the beginning of every game. You think, OK, they could win this, but they also they don't they have not been. There's been games in the past where they've just dominated and you knew five minutes into the game, the Oilers are going to win. It's just a matter of how many they're going to win by. I haven't seen that yet this year where I felt at the beginning of a game, this is a no-doubter. I just haven't seen that with this team. Yeah, I mean, they, they scored four in the first against Nashville. I guess that was their best best start to the game, but yeah. But most nights it's like, I feel every game well, is going to be a tense game. And again, you know, I mean, th they took a penalty today before the game was five minutes old. Like, they killed it off, but it, again, it's like, oh, here's is a Is that chance. the 17th time they've taken a penalty first in the hockey game? Yeah, not always that early. No, but, but yeah, Louis 17 that, times. 17 times they've been the penalized first team first. to be shorthanded at, at whatever point. And they're a 
penalty killing. So, yeah, so, so <laughs> there's, a, there's a good chance they're going to be falling behind on those penalties. Okay, so get more on the Oilers on 630chet.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Next game broadcast, Saturday morning, 9.30 a.m. face-off show, puck drop at 11. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers lose 3-0 to the Islanders. Thanks for listening to Heartland Forward Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.